Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here once again at Spiritual Insights. We are going to revisit a very important topic today, the topic of ADD and ADHD. Linda Rosenbaum is the author of My Husband Has ADD and the Miraculous Discovery That Changed Our Life, a memoir that describes in detail the misery, mayhem, and little-known truths about living in an ADD home. She returns to the show today to delve deeper into this topic, as well as the topic of dowsing which we touched lightly on in our previous segment, but we're going to go a little further into it for you today. You can find that segment in the Spiritual Insights Archives dated September 13, 2013. If you suspect that someone you love suffers from this inherited disorder, the information we share in these segments can help transform their lives. We ask that you have an open mind, as the method Linda found to alleviate her husband's ADD symptoms will sound unusual to most and unbelievable to others. It's true, however, and now Linda's husband, Bob, with minimal daily maintenance, is symptom-free and their marriage has regained a peaceful balance. If you would like to establish more harmony in your life, this method of energetic rebalancing can help. You may wish to have a pen and paper ready today to jot down any crucial information that is of interest to you because we'll be giving out a lot of information throughout our conversation. So welcome back to the show, Linda. It's wonderful to be on the air with you again. Oh, thank you, Charlotte. I'm so glad to be joining you again. I have new information to share, new thoughts to share. Um, I'm very excited to do this, too. Excellent. I am, too, because we're, as we're seeing, even in the news, more and more incidents of behaviors and focus on ADD, and I want everybody to benefit from your knowledge um, because you are a leading authority in this area to where doctors are even paying attention. But yes. let's, let's start a, a little bit at the beginning and let's briefly revisit your journey with your husband, Bob, and how your life changed so drastically almost overnight to where you discovered he had ADD. Okay, that would be in our second year of marriage. Uh, what happens with ADD people is that their dopamine level uh, is very high during um, times that are very happy for them, such as finding a new love. And that was the case with, with Bob. His dopamine level was high. We met, we dated, we got married. And it wasn't until our second year of marriage when the dopamine level dropped below normal and the euphoric high was uh, falling in love and getting married caused his... his um, dopamine level to drop when the normal responsibilities of life settled in. And that is a typical scenario and time frame for the symptoms to surface in an ADD marriage. And from there, it was just downhill for the next several decades. Oh, wow. Yes. Of course, I've read the book, which is a, a beautiful memoir, just, just so honest and so poignant and so frank about the events that took place, the highs and the lows, and your struggle to keep the household together, even though it did go to financial ruin a couple of times. And it was very tumultuous because of this ADD scenario. Yes, it was. But you know what? You know, it was interesting. Um, I invited you to call in last week when I had uh, Joni Eisinger, um, an award-winning energetic healer on the program to do our monthly segment on past lives, present relationships. And I thought it would be interesting to find out what might be behind your relationship with Bob that might have a, a cause in a past life. How did you feel about the reading you received from Joni? 
Well, it was an amazing reading, Charlotte, and frankly, it was a bit shocking to me. Uh, I had been plagued for years wondering what terrible things I must have done in a past life that led me into this very difficult life with, with years and years of struggle that I was now in. Well, now I have an explanation that I can focus on, and I am still assimilating that into my psyche because it was just mind-boggling what she told me. Yeah. So I want to say thank you, Joni. It, it was an answer to a question I've had for so many years. It was wonderful. Literally decades, yeah. I found that very interesting. And it, it gives you, when you know what to forgive, you can then release. So no doubt that will yeah. have a continued impact on your marriage. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm still thinking about it. It made an impact on me for absolutely sure, yep. Yeah, she has the same effect on me, believe me. And I've only known her <laughs> a short time, you know. But that uh-huh. could be the um, ADD. I did some research, and a recent national study reported by the CDC noted that 11% of school-age children are being diagnosed with ADHD, and the National Institute of Mental Health estimates that 3% to 5% of kids have ADHD, but some experts believe that figure could be as high as 10%. I want to discuss these percentages, but first I would like to clarify the various names that medical professionals are now using to refer to ADD because it's causing a lot of needless confusion, I think, and I would ask that you explain this because even in that description you're talking ADHD and now not ADD, Explain what the difference is and how it's causing that kind of confusion. Okay. Well, recently, um, the medical community seems to have changed from ADD to ADHD. It was kind of subtle, but over a couple of years, I noticed that it just morphed into ADHD. And I, I didn't really understand why, and I found it very annoying because it would be referred to by either one of, uh, of them or used together. And um, I now realize, doing a little bit of research on it and listening to several psychiatrists talk about it from different points of view, the H is really standing for hyperactivity. Now, I know that the H is really just a common symptom that almost everyone with ADD displays in one form or another. A lot of times they think of hyperactivity as just little children running around going wild. Well, hyperactivity is a definition of how you interpret it. I interpret it as things that are um, uh, impulsive is hyperactivity, fidgeting is hyperactivity, anger is uh, hyperactivity. So it's kind of a very broad spectrum to say that it's just children and they're very hyper. Truthfully, um, the best explanation I've gotten on it so far would be that um, ADD is the name, and everything else falls under it. It's an umbrella for all the different things. They might just as well put in a different symptom than hyperactivity. They might as well say a P for procrastination, which is another very common symptom. But for some reason, they chose the H. So I I find that uh, it's best to stick to ADD. That's how I refer to it as much as I possibly can, just ADD as the umbrella over everything. And I think that's probably going to swing. The pendulum will probably swing back to that, too, at at some point. So whatever they're talking about, it's all ADD. And they just basically threw in an initial to kind of differentiate it? I I think that um, they just... Well, you know what? The truth is I don't think they're paying enough attention to curing it. They're paying more attention to what shall we call it. And that's very annoying to me, but that's my own little personal feeling on that. Sure. But I I really would rather that they put their efforts into finding a cure rather than finding a new name. Mm. Well, you're ahead of the pack on that. But getting back to the percentages that I quoted, you say that there's a lot of misunderstood information circulating around what are some of those what are those some of those misunderstandings that are taking place well there's undiagnosed there's underdiagnosed there's overdiagnosed and then there's misdiagnosed for starters um, the underdiagnosed are really um, I would say there's millions of people walking around undiagnosed they have no idea they have ADD and unless they get to the right medical professional they may still go undiagnosed Um, The underdiagnosed are um, adults who have ADD, 
And people think, well, older people don't have ADD, that that connotation has not disappeared completely. And so they don't really diagnose them because they're too old. Why would they have ADD? The overdiagnosed would be children. That does happen sometimes. And I can't say that it doesn't. But now they are able to do brain scans. And I think that will settle down a little bit. Uh, Children can have brain scans now. It was just approved by the FDA so that it will be more focused on who really has it and who doesn't. And the misdiagnosed, I can speak personally on that because Bob was misdiagnosed. He had a diagnosis of bipolar. They gave him meds for that, and the meds made him deathly ill. We had to take them off. That obviously wasn't his issue, but that was a bona fide psychiatrist that made that diagnosis. It's really uh, so much more than a focusing and disciplinary issue, and that, that is what causes some of these problems. If your focus is good, people say you don't have ADD. That's simply not true. Uh, And for those who say that this devastating order does not exist, and there are people who say that, well, how offensive is that to those who struggle daily with this condition? My goodness. Mm -hmm. Somebody's Mm -hmm. saying it doesn't even exist and you know you have it? Well, I figure the people who say that don't live in an ADD home. I can tell you that for sure. Absolutely. Um, 13 million struggling adults also makes it an epidemic. And if you if you think about that and how many people that involves, the impact on society is really enormous. There's so many people in the workplace, and everywhere you go, everyone knows someone with ADD, even if they don't recognize it. Right. Because they don't know what the symptoms are. They might say, well, that guy's pretty strange. Every day he does something weird. Well, he could have ADD, but nobody knows about it. So it's Or he could just be weird. He could be weird. You know, he could just be, uh, you know, some people have funny personalities or strange mannerisms or idiosyncrasies. Yes, they do. But I have had people come up to me who I was observing, you know, in a restaurant or something, waiting in line to to place an order, and uh, this gentleman was in front of me, and I said, oh, my God, his actions are telling me he has ADD. Well, doesn't he turn around and say to me something like, well, I have to drink uh, a lot of Coke because it calms me down, and I said, really? He says, yeah, I have ADD. I can spot them because I know what to look for. Most people don't. But I knew before he told me he had ADD that he did. It was it was pretty obvious to me. So we can never make a judgment on anyone, but it, it's it's the odd fellow with a strange fellow that you might say, you know, it drives you nuts too because they're they're not always nice people. They have nasty tempers. They get mm-hmm. angry easily. Mm. They they um, can actually sabotage your work at work because they're not doing their share of the work. Yes. They don't hold up their end of the bargain. It's a it's quite a it's quite a long, long story of, of what can happen. Okay. I think for uh the benefit of the listeners, um we need to discuss how A D D manifests differently in adults and children. Could you illustrate that? I could and that's a, a really good question. Uh for children it usually manifests itself in school and homework issues, which makes sense because that's the basic part of their daily life. Uh, playground issues, too, because socially they're generally inept. They also will appear lazy and unfocused, and for boys especially, there's a lot of hyperactivity. Now, the difference is for adults, when they morph into adults, and they will because uh, very seldom do they outgrow this. They used to think people outgrow, uh, did outgrow ADD, but they really don't. So they morph into adults. And that is when the really big problems begin. You know the old saying, little kids, little problems, big kids, well, you better watch out. Anything is up for grabs from constantly losing their car keys to even losing their home. It's big. It's it's an entirely different situation. Um, I have a grandson who's morphed from being a child into an adult, and you can just see the differences. It's different. He no longer has the childhood issues, but now he has adult issues. And he'll have them forever, although we're doing something about that, and he's doing fine now. (laughs) Because of my discovery, he's doing fine now. Okay. 
Well, in the book you list over 40 symptoms. What are some of the primary symptoms of ADD that people might be able to recognize more readily in their loved ones or coworkers and such? Okay, here goes. There's procrastination, and I'm going to say them slowly so people can absorb each one. Mm-hmm. Procrastination, impulsiveness, agitation, quick temper, unawareness, risk-taking, self-centered and selfish, poor judgment, unorganized, very unorganized, plus unfocused, which people readily relate to, as well as hyper-focused behavior, which they're not usually accustomed to to hearing about. Hmm. But they do observe it, I'm sure. That is where you're so focused on something that if your roof was caving in, you wouldn't even notice. You're so focused on a video game or uh, something online or some something that you're doing that you enjoy doing, and the world around you just sort of melts away. And you mm. don't. And in fact, it's detrimental in many ways. Hyperfocusing. People think it's good. Hyperfocusing. They say, "Well, I can hyperfocus. This is great." And I go, "In some cases, it is. However." In many cases, it prevents you from doing your responsible things that you need to do. Yeah. I mean, if you're yeah. performing surgery, hyperfocus is something I would want my doctor to have. Absolutely. But, but if it comes to someone tuning out their surroundings in order to focus in something, on something that they just simply enjoy or feel engaged you know, in that activity, that's great. But when the smoke alarm goes off, you want them to be able to be aware of it. They don't even hear it. They won't even hear it in many cases. They're they're so super focused. So that's that's a symptom that has advantages and disadvantages. Sure. Um, and so not too many of them do. Most of them are bad. <laughs> well, I noticed too with people I know that have it. Um, stubbornness was a bit prevalent around these people. Just of a, a strange form of stubbornness. It just didn't seem logical. Do you notice that as well? Yes. Yes, it, it, and, and it, it's you, they're in another realm. They're they're out of it. They, they do go into another realm, and you can't penetrate that realm. You can't get to them. So it doesn't matter what you say that makes sense. They're not even going to hear you. They don't hear it, and they remain stubborn, and it is very frustrating. And, yeah. and, and that's one thing that ADD people do is they leave everyone around them in a very frustrated mood. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, Bob was forever either procrastinating or acting impulsively. And he was always leaving me stressed and miserable when he did that because, of course, he didn't recognize he was doing it. He was, he had this when we got married long before ADD was even considered an issue. It wasn't really even considered possibly as existing until the 90s, the late 90s. I remember so his world involved either procrastinating or acting impulsively, which neither one of them was good. No. He needed to get him in the middle. He was never in that middle area between them. Right. Which and I spent, I spent decades researching, trying to get to the source of his problems. And, well, as you know from reading the book, it, it took me a very long time, many, many years, and um, many... Um, uh, sad times with doctors who, as I said, were misdiagnosing or didn't even know it existed themselves. It was mm-hmm. a very long journey for me to get where we are now. Yes, there was even that one doctor that asked you to leave his office because he felt embarrassed that you knew more about it than he did. Yes, absolutely. Tough, my tough my first time. question, it was a new doctor. My first question was, well, how familiar, how familiar are you with ADD? And the next answer was, would you please leave my office? Oh, my goodness. My and you goodness. can't do that. I, will, I, I want to remind people, if they're going to get a diagnosis for ADD, that they must bring with them a loved one who is very, very familiar with them, their personalities, and the reasons that ADD is suspected. Because the impaired person is, is really not able to describe what's wrong with them or how they feel. They don't understand their feelings. They don't even know in most cases that anything is wrong. 
So that is very important that you have somebody with you, at least on that first visit, to make sure that the provider is well aware of everything. I used to, I, I did this for my son and my husband. I mm-hmm. brought notes, and for the first 12 to 15 minutes, I read my notes, explained why I thought we had ADD going on and what the problems were, and then I said, okay, now I'll leave the room. Now you have a background. That would have taken four sessions for the yeah. psychiatrist to figure it out. If I hadn't done that, it would have been stammering and whatever with Bob. He would have said, I don't even think I have anything wrong. So how helpful would that have been? But that's the so problem. You said, very, you said the magic word, aware. Because aware. you say in the book that the worst symptom worst out of symptom both of them all. is the I consider that. That is absolutely the worst symptom of all. Look at it this way. If you're unaware of what's going on around you and you're unaware that you're procrastinating or taking risks or doing things that uh, are poor judgment decisions, Mm -hmm. then nothing else matters. If you're not aware of what you're doing, how can you possibly focus on anything? So, uh, And most people don't realize that they're doing anything wrong. ADD people are in denial a good chunk of the time. They make poor decisions over and over again. They repeat them, and it's as if they never made that bad decision before. Mm. So they're displaying a myriad of bad behaviors at all times, but unawareness, they are not aware of what they're doing. If if I was asked if there was one symptom that could be completely eradicated, it would be unawareness. Everything else would then start to fall into place. So um, I think that's um, worth mentioning because most people don't even think of that as a symptom. And I I should mention that drugs with chemicals that have side effects do work. People take them. Bob took them for 10 years. But you know what? After 10 years, they stopped working, and we couldn't find a drug that would work anymore. So if children are starting on drugs when they're 7, 8, 9 years old, and they're going to, you know, look at a whole lifetime of taking drugs for ADD because it's not going to go away, uh, the drugs are going to stop, work, stop working for them. They're going to keep changing drugs to this one, to the next one. They're putting more right. chemicals into their body, and they won't mm-hmm. work after a while anyhow. No, and, and these children are going to grow up, have more children, and it's an inherited disorder. Very so inherited it's, it's disorder. going to continue to get worse. Wow. Yes. Well, it's, it's, it's been in... Um, it's been focused on in the media recently. Lisa Ling aired a documentary on ADD. So my question for you is, as an authority on ADD, what did you think of Lisa's scope of the topic? Well, I, I did watch it. It was very interesting. I enjoyed the show very much. But she talked mostly about children. And um, it, it, they were children that had really bad cases of it, which is fine. But she did not explain that there are various degrees of severity. So if you watch that show, you you might not realize that not everyone is as bad as those children were. There are different degrees. But um, the children, uh, and, and there's also many different symptoms, the 40 that we talked about, but nobody has those 40 symptoms. Everyone has their own particular little group of symptoms that seems to bother them, and it may not bother other people. So um, she didn't talk too much about that. She she focused on the worst cases, which I thought was too bad because it would have been nice if she had a little variety in there, so to speak. But when she herself was later diagnosed near the end of the show, because she always felt she had ADD, um, it, it was... Um, that she was talking about um, focusing mostly. Hmm. She she felt that she was unfocused most of her life, and she wondered why. So when they diagnosed her, they diagnosed her based on her focusing issues. So if you were an adult watching that show, you might think the only um, symptom of any significance for adults was the focusing issue. That left me kind of stale because I know there is so much more. But uh, overall, it was very interesting because it did bring it to the forefront. Yeah, and, and I do that is good. I and I do like Lisa a lot. I do. I well, do too. She does a great job, and she has ADD. <laughs> so I was really, I was really thinking she has to work doubly hard just to make a success of her show. Interesting. 
Well, you were mentioning, you know, she focused mostly on kids, and that makes me think about the school system and how um, ill-equipped they are to be able to provide what, what these children need because they, in my mind, this is where I always get stuck when, with between kids and adults. They think the kid with ADD is the one who keeps dropping his pencil or can't sit still, and it's so much more than that. But are there schools who specialize in educating ADD children? I think you might have mentioned that. Do you know anything about them and how effective they are at helping these children? I do. I do. Um, uh, There are private schools for for children to go to. They are very expensive. They are very effective, by the way, in teaching academic subjects and in very small classes, too. Uh, Sometimes the classes are three, four children. They really, really... Um, and they they take the hard cases, which is good, because these children would have no other way of getting any kind of an education in public schools. They use methods that cater to the ADD brain. They also teach them meditation and other methods for calming them, because they are hyper, too. Um, And they need to do that. Now, there are a few colleges around the country, too, which is interesting, and I did visit one of them, that follows similar protocol, and that is the college has, oh, maybe 12 students in a classroom, and they teach um, computer classes and so forth so that when you graduate, you have a career. They're they're doing a great job. They showed me how they practically spoon-feed the education to the students. They let them move at their own pace. This is all wonderful. I think that's terrific. My concern is what happens after they graduate. Yes, the world will not spoon feed them. The world really is not sympathetic to, especially invisible disabilities. So what happens? They go out into the world now as young adults, and they are totally unprepared. They still have their ADD brain that they're working with, but they're not being um, given special treatment. Yeah, and so it makes it very, very unrealistic. So you need to not only prepare children with a career that that have ADD, but you need to prepare them for life outside of their protective area, be it a school or a home, because in a home you're understood. Your family has diagnosed you, let's say, and they know Mm -hmm. what to do for you. They know how to treat you. But once you leave that comfy environment, what happens? It's a big issue, and it hasn't been addressed It'll go crazy no matter what environment you're transitioning from, like you said, whether it's school, home, or even prison. You're leaving these confines where these guidelines were set in place, and it's almost like having a cast on your leg and suddenly having that removed, and suddenly you, you need to learn a whole new way to walk. And right, you have you're wobbling. No one to you're support wobbling. you. Yeah, with no support. Absolutely. No one yeah. in the workplace is going to say, oh, forgive them, they hit no, ADD. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, since let's talk about um, ADD in the workplace, but let's take a short commercial break and we'll dig into that when we come back, okay? That's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Don't go mm-hmm. away. We'll be right back right after these messages. The odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas? One in 300 million. The odds of the daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland, spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts? One in 19 million. The odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One in 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records? One in 800,000. The odds of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 88. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks, it's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Explore new areas of interest, expand your knowledge, and gain clarity about your life's purpose at the Ocala Inner Center. Affectionately known as OIC, the Ocala Inner Center, just two blocks south of Town Square, offers workshops, classes, healing meditations, and special events for the Ocala, Gainesville, and Central Florida spiritual community. 
Check out our calendar of events at OcalaInnerCenter.com. And if you're looking for a place for your next workshop or seminar, go to OcalaInnerCenter.com and give Jean a call. And we're back with Linda Rosenbaum, leading authority on ADJ. And I just want to point out the Ocala Inner Center uh, has their calendar for July up on the website, so you might want to take a look. They have awesome, awesome workshops. If you're in the area, please do check that out. So we were saying, Linda, before the break, that these children grow into adolescents and young adults suffering from all of these symptoms, and some may find a way to cope. And Charlotte, what happens is... They go into jobs eventually. They get married eventually. And um, then what happens is marriages fail, their jobs are quickly lost, and they don't know why because they were so successful in their schools. Now they're puzzled. Why am I having a problem? Mm -hmm. They had no problems in school. They were coddled. And, And truthfully, it's the ones they marry, they go to jobs, the ones that live and work with them who truly do suffer the most. Now they're in a household, they run their own household now, and and now they're adults without any direction. And And so marriage, uh, divorce is very high divorce rate in ADD marriages. And you mentioned to me that your husband did very well in school, and and yet other family members did. Actually, the interesting thing is he was a very good student, and our son was not. So because Bob was such a good student, when I got my son diagnosed, and he was the first one I got diagnosed when he was 30, Um, Bob said, I couldn't possibly have it because I was such a good student. It actually delays people getting diagnosed. Don't be limited by what you think are the symptoms of ADD. Some people have good uh, experiences in school, and others do terribly, terribly uh, poorly, work work bad, homework mess. I've had no trouble with that. So the symptoms vary. There's a perfect example of that. Okay. And by the well, way, all ADD people that I've met, they're usually very bright, but they are mistaken for being lazy or stupid or whatever, and they're not. They're just not able to control their behavior. Yeah, I, I rarely run into someone that I think really has just a low IQ. But with regard to ADD in the workplace, it's pretty prevalent. Of course, your knowledge of the topic can explain how prevalent it is and why it makes life difficult not only for coworkers but the employers as well. Would you paint us a picture of the average, quote, ADD employee? Okay. Well, um, the average ADD employee might uh, display chronic lateness, always late for work, uh, the inability to organize. That's, that's pretty hard for them to do. Uh, a lack of awareness of their behavior, and that shows up in the workplace. They become socially inept because they're dealing with strangers all day long, um, and, and they can't finish their projects on time. And, and those things are, are don't make it for a very good resume. <laughs> no. So I would say that while they may be very bright, they may know their um, uh, work very well, they may have a job that perfectly fits in with the education that they got, but they are not very able to function on the job because of those things. Hmm. Um, they also tend to quit impulsively if they're not happy on the job. They can take a job and say, nah, I can't do this, it's too hard, I don't like it, and then they're gone, just like that, leaving the employer before he even gets to find out their issues puzzled. Um, and Bob himself had seven jobs in the first ten years we were married, and he uprooted us. I mean, this was impulsive. He would just uproot us and say, we're moving, I'm taking another job. And my head was spinning, and I had no idea what was going on. This was early on. I had no idea. Just on a whim, there we were, moving for another job. Hmm. Very, very frustrating for the people that live with them. Um, I would say uh, procrastination is a very common problem if they need to look for work and they're not motivated. Uh, Every ADD person really needs a mentor, somebody to look out for them. That's kind of important. I realized that not while I was doing my mentoring, but when I look over all the years that we lived together and how necessary it was. For for example, um, There's a story about uh, uh, an Army person. He was in the Army. He was uh, in for 20 years. He was uh, 
That was his career, and they, they retire young. And he retired from the Army. He did very well in the service. He um, went up the ranks, and he had a good, I think he was um, uh, a a very high ranking. I don't remember what it was. But when he came out, he couldn't function in the real world. He was not prepared. That's because everything was so regimented in the service. He knew when he had to be and where he had to be. And you don't fool around in the service. You have to perform. Yeah. They are, they're like your mother. You know, you have to do it. And so he couldn't function. He ended up living in the streets. He lost everything, mm. and, and he couldn't function in life. So something like that really tells you that a mentor is needed. I, I felt I was a mentor and an enabler, uh, which I did because I needed to survive. So it was it was the right thing for me to do, but it was very frustrating. And, of course, the reason I wrote the book, Charlotte, was to save other people from going through what I went through. That's, that's, it's, it will save people. It will, it will bring understanding so they will be able to avoid it and understand what's going on. Got you. Well, earlier you mentioned that people in the workplace are socially inept, and I wanted to kind of clarify that a little bit. Could you give us an example of how to recognize that aspect of ADD in the workplace? Like, what are some of the circumstances? I can tell you a story about that. There was a a woman who was the receptionist in the lobby, and so she knew all the employees, and and she got along with them, and she was very friendly. And in walks one day uh, one of the employees on her way to her desk, and as she walked in, she said to the receptionist, gosh, you look terrible today. You're looking fat. You're looking ugly. Did you forget to comb your hair? My God, what a mess you are. And off she walks, and she just goes to her desk and does her thing. At lunchtime, she comes out because she had a date with that receptionist to go out for lunch that day. So she says, okay, you ready? Let's go to lunch. And she looked at her, and she glared at her, this poor receptionist, and said, are you kidding? After what you said to me today, you think I want to go out to lunch with you? So the the uh, offending person, we shall call her, could have no idea what she was talking about. What happened there was the person with ADD who was offending this very nice lady had no idea she was offensive and whatever. She was over her little uh, discussion and off she went. So the poor lady who was insulted and offended has sort of been figured, oh, literally, or not, not literally, figuratively lying on the floor wounded for the last three hours, and now this person wants to go out to lunch with her and has no idea that she hurt her feelings. They just don't understand. They're very um, oblivious. unaware, unaware it's of what's oblivious. going on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep, another word. On the, on the flip side of that, with regard to... Um, supervisors and, you know, people higher up who have ADD and have command over a team or a number of employees. And I have seen behavior like that where they um, change their minds quickly, make up new rules. If something confuses them, they'll just Mm -hmm. say, well, oh, that's not the way it's done. We do it this way. No, this is the way we've been doing it for nine months. And then they They confuse the employees. They do. They do. So what would the best environment for them be because of, actually, I've seen some pretty terrible behavior from Bull with it. Well, truthfully, Charlotte, it seems from my experience that people who have ADD do best as self-employed people. They get along very well with themselves. (laughs) They don't bother anyone. They are... uh, good as self-employed people. If they're salespeople, that's a good job for them, too, because they're independent, they're on their own, they don't spend a lot of time with people, they, you know, go from customer to customer, so um, it gives them kind of a high. They're happy doing that. I find that they have to find the niche. It has to be something that they love to do. They won't do well in any kind of work they don't enjoy. That's where it comes in where they leave the job. Right. I know, I know that, you know, my son has taken jobs where he's left. He just didn't like them, and he just left. And so that's pretty typical. He, you know, yeah. you're not alone. It's sad but true. I never felt I had that luxury. Okay. Well, deeper <laughs> did I. <laughs> you know, oh, I don't like it here. I think I'll just leave. Yeah, I have bills to pay. I want people who live or work with someone who has ADD to understand how wonderful your book is. 
and how they would benefit by reading it. But I wanted I want you to say it in your words, if you would. Okay. Well, my first thought is, boy, this is a book that I wish I had 50 years ago. It would have I would have had a different life if I had that book. Living with someone with ADD creates a very lonely, frustrating existence because others do not understand your difficulties, should you even choose to discuss it with them. You probably feel uncomfortable, embarrassed, and don't, don't talk about it. I never did until I wrote this book. I never told anybody what was going on in my, my life. I just sort of came out in the closet when I wrote the book. Hmm. So, um, and if you go to reviews on Amazon, others tell me what the book does for them, which just, I'm in awe of what people are getting out of it. So, um, I would say that uh, the benefits of reading this book are it can save your life. The bottom line is it can save your life. People have suddenly recognized they have ADD but didn't know they had it. People who live with someone with ADD suddenly feel less alone and have a direction in which to help the people they live with. And so uh, it's, it's sort of waking up people to what ADD really is, the symptoms. I tell stories in the book. The stories... Uh, bring you right in. It gives you examples of what goes on that actually uh, relates to ADD. People don't realize some of the things that happen in their life are actually ADD symptoms. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it explains in true life example stories how to recognize it, how to cope with it, and then finally how I defeated the symptoms in 2011 which was mm. awesome. You can only imagine how awesome it was for me to do that. Well, it's changed your entire life. So let's let's dig into that. Well, you know, As... the misery that, that ADD causes is something that can't be put into words. You have to read about actual things that happened. And I now find that people who read the book who have ADD realize that they've caused misery and that, that pains them. They're in pain realizing that they were the cause of someone else's misery. And, right. and I understand that. It can be very shocking to find out that you're causing someone's misery. Unintentional. Yes. Um, Unintentional. Well, the price others pay is, yes. you know, that's a shame. That's a, that's a terrible shame. But, you know, once they become aware, for instance, if someone in a household has ADD, they could read the book, the family could read the book and come to an understanding and reach each other in the middle somewhere, somehow. But at mm -hmm. first, in order to fix it, you have to understand it and know what's going on, and you have the most information that is not You have to recognize it. If you, if you recognize that your situation, all of a sudden you have a direction. You have right. no direction. It's just a lot of arguing, fighting, yelling, screaming, and nobody knows what's going on or why. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's sort of, oh, so that's the problem. I had no, I never had that luxury. I did not have that luxury for decades. I went to many doctors who kind of stared at us and didn't know what was going on, so they just talked about nothing for now. What do you use up the time? Right. They didn't know. I didn't know, and so I just left us as puzzled as ever. It's so sad because um, it, it took us. Uh, decades to find out what was wrong and it isn't that I neglected uh, trying to find out it, it, that was the sad part it wasn't that I neglected it I always said well we have to we have to find out what's wrong with you something yeah. is I just didn't know what it is right but your book is the best non-clinical account of the symptoms of ADD you don't get into the medical end of it that's it's not your forte your forte is how to cope with living with someone who has ADD and how to turn that around. I wanted to touch on something lately. A few minutes ago I mentioned no matter what environment you're transitioning from, whether it's school, home, or prison, what, how large is the ADD population in prisons these days? Is that a factor? Well, the prison, it's been estimated to be um, probably almost everybody has ADD in prison. Not all, to be sure, but it's somewhere probably between, I don't know, 50 and 100% easily. And... Um, that has to be addressed because the prisoners uh, are there for a reason. In fact, uh, Bob's psychiatrist that did eventually diagnose him, 
he volunteered two days a week to work in the prisons because he said they are so riddled with ADD prisoners. And they, they get out and they go back and they do the same crimes that put them in in the first place. And they're ADD-related symptoms. They're on, well, one of the symptoms for ADD is addictions and they have addictions to drugs and alcohol and so forth. But they don't have a lot of money because most of them don't work. They're not fitting into society. So they go back and they do their crimes again and they land in jail. And then jail, they're there for two or three years and then they're out again doing the same thing. So it's a perpetual circle rotating a door for them. Mm-hmm. So um, I I feel that um, they're now start. I've been hearing that they're starting now to look for ways to uh, control that, and that would be good because uh, it would be uh, less of a blight on society if that were to happen. And in fact, I'm going to try and get involved in that myself very soon. Excellent. The, uh, yeah, it's really bad. Well, really it seems bad. just just like the scenario we talked about with the children graduating from school under such uh, guidelines and then walking into a free society in, in a similar fashion, someone who's incarcerated is behind those walls. They have those guidelines in place. Same scenario, only worse. And they get put out into society only to make the same mistakes over and over because they're just not getting where they're making the mistake. Well, they're released and they can't get jobs. And they still have their addictions and they still have um, no direction. Nobody trains them, you know, how to really live life. Well, first of all, you can't train someone with ADD. Someone with ADD needs either medication or um, uh, something to uh, control what they're doing. We we had tried behavioral uh, therapy at one time. Uh, It didn't do Bob much good. I know that it's it's promoted, it's very popular. It just didn't do him a whole lot of good because it's a brain thing, and you have to fix the brain. So he had to get on the right drug, which, as I said, didn't last very long. Um, the, the 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 best thing is what we do now. I mean, I can't, uh, you know, yeah. I was very lucky to make my discovery, and I'm fine. We're we're in good shape now, but before that, my life was just a roller coaster ride of misery. Right. And I don't want people to go through that. I want to I want to see that stopped. It's happening all over America. Yeah, and you didn't have help. But today, Linda, is there help in the community? Are there support groups for those with ADD and their loved ones? There are support groups uh probably all over the country there are support groups and and I recommend that people um get online and look up ADD support groups. And uh, I would say CHAD is probably the largest national organization. They do have many, many support groups, and I would try and get involved with one of them, or just a local support group. For many years, uh, my daughter ran a local support group, and uh, that grew rapidly because there were so many people around her that, that found it useful. And it does make it easier for you to relate with other people. So, yes, I definitely rec- recommend that. You said the name was Chad. How do you spell that? Yes, and that's C-H-A-D-D, Chad. Chad, okay. Excellent. Well, I, you know, I, I have seen your reviews on Amazon. Um, you've got some pretty amazing reviews, and I see a lot of sighs of relief. How does it feel to know that you're helping so many people with this? Awesome. It's really very awesome. It's amazing. I wrote, I tell you the truth, I wrote the book with great trepidation initially because I didn't know how I would be perceived. And I thought, well, people are going to think I'm a stupid person because it went on for so many years, or what's wrong with her? Why didn't she do something sooner? Well, it has turned out to be what Bob said it would be. I have had more love and respect from people that have read the book than I can possibly imagine. They thank me for what they're learning from the book. It is making a difference in their life. And when they do describe uh, in some of those um, reviews specifically how it's changed them, I go, yes, 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 my book is working, it's doing its job, because I put out my personal life right out there for everyone to see. That was hard to do. Yeah. But if it works, then it's so worth it. It's so worth it to do that. And Bob is your biggest supporter. This is his behavior. You know, it's almost his laundry you're putting out there, and he supports you, and he loves and respects you for sticking by his side all these decades 
and helping him get to this point. What, yes, what he, he had said in our letter <laughs> is he said, Linda does not give up, and you were tenacious, and you kept going over decades to find out what was wrong, and then you made your discovery. So I'd like to uh, tell the audience a little bit about it so that they have a clear perception of what we're talking about here, okay? Okay, yes, right. absolutely. There are numerous modalities that allow people to balance the energies on what I call PEMS levels. And what that stands for is physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. If you're a regular listener of the show, you've heard me say this before. If you are not a regular listener, this is largely what a lot of what's out there deals with. We want to bring balance to body, mind, and spirit and get into a unified stance so that we can be the best expression of ourselves. Now, some of the modalities that people use, you've heard of. Yoga, Tai Chi, meditation, emotional freedom technique, also referred to as EFT, acupuncture, and also biofeedback therapy. These are just a few of the methods that people use to achieve balance in their energy field. So if you are not familiar with it, dowsing can actually have the same effect it's performed using a pendulum, which can be purchased on the Internet or at your favorite metaphysical supply shop. I have a number of them. I've been using them for over 25 years. But most of us don't know that it can do what Linda does with it. What I've always used mine for was to obtain information. For instance, yes or no answers. Um, or some people use a pendulum to hover it over a map and determine what the best area would be to move to if they want to find a home. And you may have seen people do that with a pendulum and a map. So those are some of the things you could do with a pendulum, and that's largely what I would use for it. But when Linda found this form of dowsing, when people think of dowsing, they're thinking somebody holding a rod in their hand looking for water underground, but that's not what we're talking about at all. What we're talking about is getting into the bioenergetic quality of the body and mind to get that into balance. I actually used it myself to determine which of my coworkers at certain jobs were the most trustworthy and the least trustworthy, and it proved to be dead accurate every single time, even if I didn't believe the answers I was getting. But it was absolutely accurate, and it can be used to energetically balance the brain, which is what Linda does for Bob and I know it works because Linda, you doused for me one day. I just woke up feeling sad and and just despondent for no reason i nothing mm-hmm. happened it wasn't logical but you said you were going to douse for me and within an hour i was on top of the world so i felt the difference even though we've made it clear that someone suffering from add might not notice the difference because that lack of awareness is there but with mm-hmm. bob you would do the dowsing and then he knew how he was doing by how happy or unhappy you were Take us to how, um, in simple terms, this just turned everything around and got his symptoms maintained under control. And under control. Yes. It was in 2011. It wasn't until 2011 that I discovered something called pendulum dowsing. And and that was quite by accident. I saw a meeting in my neighborhood, and I I do recommend that people, if they're interested, try and find out about local dowsing clubs in the area, and I can tell them later how they can do that. But um, dowsing, or pendulum dowsing as we call it now, is used for many things. But for these purposes here, I'm talking about ADD only. It, it is, it's actually an ancient mental exercise which use, utilizes quantum physics, and it's really very easy to do. For ADD, it takes less than a minute, it costs nothing, and it has no side effects, which is really very nice considering how many side effects you get with drugs. Simply put, if this is practiced two or three times a day, as Bob does, it suppresses the ADD symptoms and it requires only a simple pendulum to work with as a tool. And they're available online. Um, They're becoming more available mainstream, too. And most of them are under $10. You can find very inexpensive pendulums. 
Um, describing how to how, how it works is a little more difficult in words. It's kind of like trying to describe how to tie your shoelaces. You really need a visual. And I want to recommend a uh, website to go to so you can get a visual. If people have a pencil and paper, they can jot this down. Uh, they should go to www.pendulumdowsingdemonstration.com. I'll repeat that. Or they can go to Google and put that in. But it's called PendulumDowsingDemonstration.com. And they'll get selections of visuals. They'll, there's even uh, places to buy reasonably priced pendulums right there. And it's just a matter of swinging a pendulum. I know it sounds odd. People think I'm nuts. That's why I don't like to say too much until you actually see it. But you swing a pendulum. takes less than a minute, and you're doing... Uh, balancing of your brain and so forth and it takes no time at all you can you can do it quicker than you can brush your teeth and it works instantly it has changed my life i learned how to do it i took workshops i studied it but i also do teach it now and there's ways to get to me if you'd like help on that and i, I like people to think of this thomas edison was one fast what is electricity can he explain that and he says i have absolutely no idea but it works, so let's use it. And that is exactly how I feel. I can't explain quantum physics, but it works. So what do I care? How? I just know that it does. Now, Bob, who's a trained electrical engineer, that was his career. In the beginning, he kept saying to me, I want to know how it works. Explain the details to me. And I finally had to say to him, what difference does it make? It works. Let's just use it. Forget about the rest. Right. <laughs> Yeah, take you, us, you take said that before, to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Take us to how, um, in simple terms, this just turned everything around and got his symptoms maintained under control. And under control. Yes. Well, uh, suddenly he wasn't procrastinating anymore. And suddenly he had no agitation. And he became more aware of what he was doing, and 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 I'm kind of looking at him and saying, "Wow, this is this is terrific! I can't be- I can't believe it. you know what did, what happened to the original Bob? Where did he go? This is like a replacement Bob." <laughs> so, um, and he began to recognize that he was feeling better about himself, and he didn't mind doing things that he found very agitating before. So uh, slowly, I mean, at first it was very exciting, and, and we were shocked. But we now expect it because we know it works. All he does is douse, and then everything changes, and he's fine. So it's um, you explained it very well. I took dowsing to learn how to do it without all the um, spiritual and the, the other background that you mentioned, so that it was wonderful that you were able to bring that in for me to help me realize that I know it works, I know how to do it, and I know um, the advantages and the disadvantages of it, of which I haven't found too many disadvantages, to tell you the, the truth. Right. Uh, I, I find that uh, I feel very comfortable. I carry a pendulum with me. I, it's like a, if I ever need it, I have it. I use it for other people. I help people wherever I go. I carry a pendulum because if they're in trouble, I can help them. Mm-hmm. I've walked into a place where people I know say they have a headache, and I can actually fix their headache, which is kind of makes me feel very good. I can do that. Mm-hmm. But um, for ADD people, it's imperative for their life that they have a tool that they can use. That's what it is. It's really uh, a pendulum is really just a tool. For example, I'll tell you a story about when Bob was hospitalized a couple of years ago. And the nurse came into his room the, the first day he was there, and she was lovely and nice and so forth. Well, the second day when I went up to visit him, she was a grouchy, miserable person. And I thought, what happened to her? So Bob told me that she had been chewed out in front of him by a doctor because she brought him in something that he wasn't supposed to have. And she was probably uncomfortable and embarrassed, and I don't blame her. However, I said, I can't leave you with her today because she's going to do something wrong. She'll give you the wrong meds. Who knows what? So Bob looked at me, and he winked, and he says, douse for her. So I did. I doused for her when she left the room. 
and I, I, I asked that she be calm and so forth, which is what the pendulum does do. And she came back about a half hour later, and she said, Mr. Rosenbaum, how can I do anything for you today? What do you need? Are you okay? Let me fluff your pillow. And Bob and I are kind of staring at each other. She couldn't do enough, and her sweet personality was back, which was very helpful for Bob because I was really worried about leaving him there with her. She was that grouchy and upset. Hmm. So it 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 just moves out a lot of things that people, um, we all get edgy. It's not just for ADD. You can do this yourself if you're having a bad day, but it becomes imperative on a, on a regular basis that if you have ADD, this is a wonderful way to control it. Hmm. We don't worry about our life now. We have this tool, and we always, always know that. Anytime we need it, it's there. Very, very comforting and very, very well. It works so well. And pretty instantly, I might add. Yes. And isn't it nice that it only takes a minute? And no side effects. No No need for medication. It doesn't even cost anything. Yeah. It's free. In terms terms of a headache, you don't even need to take an aspirin. So this is is one of the most effective ways I've ever found to achieve harmony and balance within the body. Speaking of medical settings, are, what type of medical professionals are on board? I would imagine a holistic practitioner who has well, knowledge of energy was, is on board yeah. with that. What about the difference between those and people in Western medicine? Do you, well, you, you might not think they would be on board with it, but you know what? They're getting there. Times are changing. Bob's neurologist recently read my book. He researched dowsing, and now, believe it or not, he is referring his ADT patients to me for help. He even started to explain how it works to me, like you just explained it a little bit too. He was telling me that. He was giving me those kinds of answers after he, he researched and decided, yes, I think this really does work. So the fact that a, a mainstream neurologist is sending patients to me tells me that things are changing. I, I never would have expected that. Hmm. So, of course, well, holistic practitioners and alternative medicine, even chiropractors are onto it now. Many of them are using uh, dowsing in their healing sessions with patients. They're actually using them. It's one of the, like I said, it's one of the most effective ways I've, I've found to achieve patients' calmness. This is our natural state. This gets you back to your natural state and out of It is the agitation. real you. That is exactly. the real you. I, I did ask that neurologist some years ago, who's the real Bob? Is he the agitated, grouchy one that makes mistakes all the time? Or is he the guy who is on drugs and and doing well? And he says, well, actually, the guy on drugs is the real Bob. He just needs the um, stimulus of the drugs to get him to there, which is what the dowsing does now. But that is the real person. They just have um, a disability, and it's nice that we can bring them back to that. And I'll tell you, your whole family will rejoice and be thrilled. The whole atmosphere in your home changes when things are going nicely in an ADD home. All of a sudden, everyone's happy. And that's a good thing. That's a very just, good thing. It's just that in order to get there, you have to have an open mind. So I would assume that anybody listening to a show on spirituality and metaphysics is pretty much almost there. So this is a technique that you can use in your home. You can get demonstrations. You can also get a little help for Linda. Linda, whether someone out there is a seasoned pendulum dowser or brand new to it, how can the listeners who are interested in trying this technique receive some help from you? Well, there are two uh, special offers that I have to help people uh, take advantage of my uh, abilities. One would be if they happen to live in Central Florida or plan to travel into Central Florida. I'm an hour north of Disney. I have a basic plus advanced comprehensive private session that I do for dowsing. And you are welcome to bring a spouse or a child at no additional charge. It's comprehensive. You learn everything you need to know in just one session. Uh, otherwise, if that's not uh, location convenience for you, then you may send for the basic dowsing instructions that are specifically for ADD. While it's not complete and comprehensive, and it's certainly not personalized, I'm not with with you, this is very easy to follow. 
is written in such a way that anyone can follow it. Even a child could do this, and it will help calm, focus, suppress symptoms, and even bring in awareness, too. And this can be done by anyone, for anyone else, as well as yourself. And in many cases, adults will learn to do this, and then they will teach their child how to do it. And the child can easily do it themselves and have a better school day. That's very important. Um, You can request um, information about the comprehensive session that I do in Florida by going to my website, myhusbandhasadd.com, and you can get information if you're going to be in Florida about that. Now, for the one that you purchase, you have to first read the book. I am not there to help you. I need to know that you've read the book. So it does require proof of purchase. So you need to send to me confirmation that you have ordered the book and everything there that you need, including a chart, everything you need is easily understood and explained. And I hope people will consider that. They they really should because it will make a difference in their life. I, I would be very happy to hear from people that have success. But <laughs> they, Let me but know. They would, be, they would be much better off if they read the book first and then... They really need to. Yes, the the book explains far too much that must be understood in in order for the book to be well comprehended and absorbed. You really do need to read it so that you will have a frame of mind from which to work from. You kind of need to know what you need. That's true for anybody, even the people Mm -hmm. coming to take the class. They should read it beforehand. But I do require it for people who are sending for that because I'm not with them. They're on their own. But if they read the book... They won't be quite so feeling like they're on their own. They'll know all about me and how I I work. Okay. So that's your safeguard, so that people will get the most out of it and not just swing a pendulum around and declare it useless. You need that goal. You need need to have that intention set in place, and, and reading the book will help you get there. And if you're not sure you have ADD or unsure or people you live with are, once you read the book, it, it'll kind of nail it down for you. You'll, you'll, you'll feel comfortable. People say to me, I didn't know until I read your book. So the book is really an important thing for, on a lot of levels. So I, I really recommend they read the book before they even try to do the pendulum work. Okay. Wow. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing even more knowledge with us about this epidemic. It is an epidemic, like you said. And I hope everybody reaches out. For a small investment, you could really change your life with this and other areas that need improvement, emotional states, depression, that type of thing. It's really very effective. It is, and and I appreciate the opportunity uh, to get more information out, Charlotte. I'd like to repeat the title of the book, which is Um, Appropriately, my husband has ADD and the miraculous discovery that changed our life. And the website, which you can get to anywhere that you need to from my website, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, uh, Facebook, whatever, my website is myhusbandhasadd.com. Okay. Let me just give a few final pieces of information. If you would like, ladies and gentlemen, a visual and ideas on how to douse with the pendulum, what it looks like, how to hold it, that type of thing, and even what it looks like if you're not familiar with pendulums, do a search on the word dowsing or the word pendulum or both together, and you will find numerous videos that give you that information and just an idea of what it's about. But remember that to receive the basic instructions on how to douse specifically for ADD, you can only get that from Linda. So read Linda's book so you can understand what it is you're trying to fix. Then the instructions are simple and easy to use. You might also consider visiting dowsers.org for more information on dowsing and to find a local chapter in your area so that you can continue to learn more and more about it and benefit from having it in your life. Thank you, Charlotte, for letting me share some more. I love to do that because I love to help others with this condition. Love to help them. You're welcome, and you're doing really great work for people, and you're making a huge difference in the world. I appreciate it. Thank you, Charlotte. Okay. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Have a great day yourself. You too. Okay. All righty. 
All right, everyone, that's our show for today. Until next time, God bless and be at peace.